Chapter 1 The crowd roared. You could hear the yells ten miles away. Baseball fans get rather loud, especially since this is 1986, and they haven't won a World Series for more than eight decades. You gotta love simulators. The high-voltage lights, or I assumed it was high-voltage, or whatever term was used back in 1986 in New York, bathed the stadium on orange-yellow light. New York fans of that day could be rabid, and these certainly were. They yelled, stomped, cheered, cursed, and did everything but pitched themselves onto the field. I forget whether they served alcohol during the games in 1986, but, due to the noise that sounded like a dozen 747s flying just over your house, the crowd didn't need intoxicants to get excited, or loud for that matter. Tenth inning, two outs, New York Mets batting. One of the classic games in the 300-year history of baseball. The Boston Red Sox had made it into the World Series. They hadn't won a World Series since 1916, and wouldn't win another until 2004 a year where they again made baseball history when, down 3-0 to New York Yankees in the American League Championship, they won the next four games in the most dramatic comeback in sports history. It was not just that the Red Sox won four games in a row, as difficult as that was in the sport, but they won four games in a row against an all-star Yankee squad that had been to the World Series in seven out of the last ten years. Or eight. I hadn't checked the records on that win. Plus, about six members of the Yankee squad would eventually be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Everyone in the nation, and every sports writer in the nation, were utterly confident the Red Sox had failed again. I slapped my hand in my glove. The pitcher was Mike Stanley. Tie game. Mets had two men on base. The Red Sox were a strike away from winning. The batter was Mookie Wilson, who had a 2-2 count. Wilson was a good hitter, and he had the irritating knack of fouling off pitches he felt he couldn't handle, which he did in this at bat. Stanley tried curves and fastballs that clipped the edge of the plate. Wilson, not wanting to risk a swing, knocked fouls into the stadium, the crowd holding their collective breath as they saw the ball drop beyond the white foul lines. Finally, on the tenth pitch of the at-bat, Wilson hit a ground ball towards first base. In reality, first baseman Bill Buckner who had notoriously bad ankles, moved over to field, but the ball rolled under his glove in the right field. The two runs scored and the Mets won the game. They would take the seventh game in the series. But as I was playing first base now, the ball slammed solidly into my glove. I ran the three steps and stomped on the base. The crowd gave an agonized groan. The Red Sox players went wild. They steamed out of the dugout, jumping and shouting and hugged one another. A second before, the noise was so loud in the stadium that it could have busted fragile eardrums. Now there was a dead silence in the crowd. The Red Sox players, though, shouted with glee and held a rowdy group hug near the mound. I, too, yelled and showed a huge smile. Okay, screen off. The stadium disappeared. When I walked outside of the cubicle, Astrid waited, her arms crossed and showing what might have been a disapproving smile. You know, honey... You might have to work in this obsession you have with baseball. I picked her up and spun her around, surprising her. I only have one obsession, my dear, and it's you. She yelped with delight as I spun her around again. Then my fingers tickled aside. She burst into laughter. Honey, don't do that. You know I'm ticklish. Wait, don't. The rest of the sentence was cut off by a laughter. I kissed her cheek. Glad to see you're in a better mood than you were this morning. She wrapped her legs around my waist. 
I'm sorry. I was grouchy. It was one of those days. I twirled her around. I love you even when you're grouchy. She ran her hands through my hair. A strand fell over my eyes, and she tenderly pushed it back. You do, don't you? She said softly. You even love me when I act like a you-know-what. You've never acted like a you-know-what. Never. Her hands grabbed my face, tickling the beard stubble. I hadn't shaved yet. I hadn't shaved yet. You're such a wonderful, marvelous liar. Yes, I have. I never noticed, I said, prompting her laughter. I love you, but you better put me down. We're attracting attention. A few people passing in the corridor did glance our way. Hey, I'm the commander. I can hug my wife. Who's going to complain? Certainly not me. But let's do it in our cabin after you take care of the appointment. What a 